Welcome to Work Life and RV Episode 2. This is a podcast about living and working full-time from a tiny home that goes down the road. I'm Chris. And I'm Hadia. And since 2015, we have lived full-time in an RV. Today, we're at our home base in the Pacific Northwest. In this episode, we're talking about getting connected from the road and how we wound up parked in a junkyard. How did we come up with the name Junkyard? Uh, that was you, wasn't it? I think it? it was my bad. Yeah. yeah. And then the entire neighborhood adopted it because I said it in a vlog. Because <laughs> my dad doesn't call it. He calls it the barn. Yeah, it's the barnyard. And we still try to call it that when we talk to him. Try, but... It's his property. He, he so. caught on. He's <laughs> he like, did. why do you call it Junkyard? I didn't even think about the fact that he'd watched the vlog back then. So in this episode, we will get into our home base and the problems it solved for us and um, maybe and a life lesson. That, the problems it presented. Yeah, and a bit of a life lesson, I think. I think. Uh, but first, just an update from the last episode, episode one. First of all, thank you, everybody, for the kind words. And second of all, I am sad to report that our furnace is still busted. It's cold out, too. Well, we knew it was going to be. It. Do, it's not like you called the shop and go, I'm coming by this afternoon. <laughs> I know. Well, I did the whole, like, I'm going to solve this. I got all motivated and went on YouTube and looked up common problems with Atwood furnaces and saw a bunch of stuff in there about a sale switch. And I thought, oh, maybe it's because we got dog hair in there because there's this blower. A fan that's a it's like a tube that spins and inside this tube is a switch that is a little metal sweat sail <laughs> sail not a snail a sail and when the when the air blows it turns on and it tells the the board the controller okay you have airflow you're safe to ignite the burner yeah. i thought this is it because our our blower is turning on turns on runs for 20 to 40 seconds and then it turns off and tries again it never ignites and i thought well this is it so i go out there i take the side off the furnace i look at the uh, sail switch it's perfectly fine it's got a little dust on it, but no big deal. But I did see like a little rust in there and stuff. And so maybe the board got shorted out. Yeah. Maybe some moisture got in there. And while he was trying to troubleshoot that, we came up with the other things we really wanted to get looked at. You don't just go in for one issue, if, especially if you're letting go of your home for a few days. You prioritize, you make a list. And in our case, we make sure to talk face to face with them, which I think is more than they expect. But we showed up yesterday just to go over our list, even though we're not dropping the RV off until next week, because we wanted to make sure that they're that they understand our our order and our priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we literally made a list of need to fix, like the furnace mm -hmm. and the, the, just the general services that we yeah. need done. Oil because changes, of the yeah, brakes checked and whatnot. And then we had nice to have, which is. Uh, exactly, uh, our privacy screen, for example, on the windshield, yeah. it's cattywampus. Yeah, it comes down more on one side than the other and makes this. It's kind of it's kind of getting worse, too, because we tried yes. to fix it. And I don't know if maybe that made it worse. I, I keep envisioning what what are we going to have to do to pin it up when it won't go back up? Right. Because that's going to happen one of these times and we're going to be like, yeah, stuck. Yeah. I don't have a solution for that yet. So we make a list. We take it in there and we're like, here's our list. Does this look reasonable yes. for next week? And we just work through it with them. And because in my mind, they could they, they might say, oh, we only have room to work on your RV for a day and a half. We can't do all. That. And I want to know that in advance so that I give them the things that really need to be worked on and not just a random list that they knock off in whatever order they think is most important. Or the other angle, too. It's like we we looked into it and thought. 40,000 miles, we've never changed our brake fluid. It's gotten hot at least once or twice that I oh, know yeah. of. And so we went in there and said, well, this is something we think we should have done. Our brakes are around 30%. Is it time to just do the whole job anyways? Because you're going to have to put new brake fluid in there when you change the brakes out. Mm -hmm. The fluid's going to drain out. So uh, that's the kind of conversations we can have before we have dropped it off. Yeah. And then we can be a little more strategic because it's not just our home. It's also our office space for our mm -hmm. small businesses. 
And so we need to plan for that, which sometimes takes them by surprise a little bit because they, they I think to them, we look like we have it all together. Yeah, it's such a weird thing because Chris and I both we are both hard on ourselves about barely keeping up with the things that need to be done because we have we actually have issues that have needed to be solved for 18 months that we haven't gotten around to in our brain. I mean, they're not major issues, but in our brain, we are falling behind. But in their game, we are weirdly like on top of it Mm-mm. and and sort of aggressively taking care of things. And they're like, why are you concerned about our, your seals? I'm like, we're not concerned about our seals. We want you to tell us when we should be concerned about our seals. Yeah, and they're like, look at them. just wait till there's water damage. I'm like, we don't want to wait. Until- <laughs> <laughs> we don't want water damage. Check it before there's water damage. Yeah. And you kind of, are, as a consumer, are on your own to figure out where these lines are because I think shops are a little, some of them, are either selling you too much stuff and they're taking advantage of you mm-hmm. or other shops try to be the other kind of shop where they're really kind of honest, but they also are not overselling because they're yes. afraid of looking like they're trying to take advantage of you. Yeah. And that's the spectrum. We're, that's the side of the spectrum we're on right now. So we find it best just to go in there, express what we think is important to us. And you touched on something in there that is something we could also address. We have like keep us off the road items and then we yes. have – these need to get addressed eventually. Furnace kind of doesn't keep us off the road, but it's up in that yeah. priority level. That's just – it's when you're going down the road, you don't have furnace. That's just – it's ridiculous in January. If we didn't have the solar setup mm-hmm. and the battery, yeah. that would be mandatory because we, we didn't have another way. No, when we boondocked, we just ran the electric heaters Yeah, <laughs> because we had so much battery capacity. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, okay, we can get by tonight. Um but it's just not a long-term solution. Then there's other things like the windshield shade that isn't an issue yet, but we'd like to address it just like you said. So that sometime we're stopped at a rest stop. We're ready to get going at 4 a.m. We're not sitting there fighting a windshield shade because that's how it'll go down. That is how it goes down. And I'll be cussing about how this is what I got to deal with at 4 a.m. <laughs> and then that's the moment when you forget to put the cushion between the fridge and the – because we've gotten frustrated about something. Yeah. We forgot to – we forget to do something essential. Yeah. And then shit really hits the fan. Like check the checklist. We forgot like check to the check checklist. the checklist. <laughs> and the fridge opens and everything goes spilling because we were so frustrated by this other issue that we did not expect to yep. have crop up. That's a really good point is if you get thrown off your game, safety can become a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And because we tend to drive early in the morning, this is even more – and listen, our brain is not completely mm. – I mean we caffeinate and we try to go to bed early and get yeah. in the best condition possible – but it's easy to miss stuff. Yeah. Um, we could do a whole thing on checklists. Yeah, we do that but we know what we got to talk about. We mentioned the work aspect. Let's do a little work. Well, since we're super early in the show here, I thought it'd be good to touch on how we do mobile data on the road because this is a big part of. Any kind of mobile job, even if you just need something for your backpack, so that way you can work from somewhere remotely. When I was in IT years ago, I had mobile data with me just in case something came up and I wasn't at my desk and I needed to fix something for a client. And there's – so the range of options go from that kind of use case where it's one computer a couple of times a month to a use case where we have 30 devices connected to our Wi-Fi network in our RV that can connect to the internet. (laughs) So there's a – you know, there's a – a different set of solutions for that. But when you're mobile, it's really all going to come down to cellular mobile data. And this is all about to change with 5G, but it's gonna, that's more than a year off from when we record this. So you're going to be looking at LTE signal. And what carrier you go with really matters 
and it matters how so- strong their signal is in your area. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're going to have to look at community reports, not their maps. Don't no. don't go by the No, we've maps. gone by their maps trying to figure out where we should camp and it's not at all accurate. No. Um, but there's open signal maps. There's uh, a couple of really good apps in the various uh, app stores that are made by full timers, which just was not a resource when we were doing this the first time. So that's so cool that that's even a thing because they really know. You can check those out. Uh, the way we have gone, and I would cons- I would recommend you consider this if you're looking for a lot of mobile data, is we have purchased a resold AT&T Unlimited plan on eBay. And these kind of are enterprise accounts being resold by a, a larger group of people that have negotiated a contract with AT&T. And so I'm paying them and they have provisioned me an account in their enterprise system. There's a lot of these different means, different different kinds of setups. Some of them not as great as others. We've been doing this for about four and a half, almost as long as we've been full-timing. And for the first year or so, we had kind of a sketch one where the guy would only work with me over text messages and was really kind of rude and then just gave us like a 20-day notice one time and shut the whole thing down. But that was enough time for me to go on eBay and find a new one. And this this one we've had since then, and it's been totally solid. Additionally, while I think AT&T is one of the best on the West Coast and pretty good everywhere else, it's not the only game in town. Obviously, there's Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, which T-Mobile and Sprint are merging right now as we record this. Verizon's, if you're going to spend your money, Verizon, I think, is uh, either your first choice or your second choice. There, what we have done is because that's not our primary connection, we've opted for something that's just a straight sold by Verizon, went into a store, bought it, and it gives us 25 gigs a month, which we very rarely actually use. And we pay a good a good chunk of change for it. So we're paying like $200 a month in total for all of our different internet options, mm-hmm. maybe even $250. It, it is one of the more expensive aspects of working from the road yeah, because you have to have data. And with the AT&T plan that we've bought by an eBay reseller, I, in a month when we were really busy, I used close to 600 gigs of data on that MiFi. And it is absolutely essential for my work not to get throttled or cut off at that. Verizon though, I could never have done that. But if I'm somewhere where we don't have AT&T, I can still get the basics done and so can you. And that's really important for both our businesses. And we've had to do that a couple of times, rely on the Verizon. Oh, for sure. Um, now, depending on how deep you are, if you're kind of more into the RVing thing and you've got an FMCA, the Family Motor Coach Association membership, which we are now members of because of their tire discount program as well as others, they've got a couple of def- different discount options for mobile internet. They have a limited plan through Verizon, but I think it's a great price. So you get something like 20 gigs for under $100 a month or something. It's it's a really it's a it's a good deal for Verizon. They've also got a sweet plan. If you're somewhere where Sprint has good signal, they've got an unlimited Sprint plan for something like 50 bucks a month. So if you're a family or you're somebody who's working a lot online and you've got good Sprint signal, take advantage of that while that's still even a thing because maybe you'll get grandfathered into the new merger deal. So the FMCA does have a couple options for you as well as some discounts for equipment that can help you also integrate in campground Wi-Fi which is kind of nice. Not always very good, but when it is there, it's nice to try it. It usually kind of sucks. <laughs> it usually sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's usually not worth mentioning. No. But something like a Wi-Fi Ranger will let you switch between your MiFi or existing Wi-Fi at a campground without having to touch any of your systems that are on your network. Mm-hmm. Really kind of nice. We have one. We even have the a booster up on the roof thing that 
legitimately will get you a solid mile extra range and can actually scan out as far as practically two miles, although I don't recommend you use it. But I have gotten connected to Wi-Fi networks over a mile away with the Wi-Fi Ranger. So it does work. And uh, no sponsorships here. We pay for at full price for all the stuff we're talking about here. In fact, when we bought the Wi-Fi Ranger, we weren't FMCA members yet, so I didn't get their discount either. Oh, man. We paid full price. But it's been it's been great. There are so many different ways that we can solve this problem that I think it might be worth throwing out to the audience if they've got any particular questions that we could answer for them, because it helps us think of this in a different way, too. Yeah, yeah. And we've been doing it one way for so long that there's so many different ways to solve it. That's a great idea. Um, Worklifervcom slash contact. There's a contact form right there. People can fill it out. Hey, let's talk a little bit about that. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping? Not now. Housekeeping? We do have some housekeeping type items. Probably number one we should mention is the show is now officially listed in the Apple Podcast directory. Apple Podcast is the biggest podcast client. So if you're on there, you can find us now. And it would really be helpful if you took just a moment to rate and comment on our podcast in there. That's how Apple knows to show it to other people. Yeah. And so it's one of the most significant contributions you could make to an early show is just taking two minutes to go in there and do that. It's it's a bigger deal than a financial contribution. I mean, it's it's big stuff. Yeah. And if you're new to subscribing to a podcast and you like this one and you want to get all the updates, go through a podcast app. Find us. Look up Work Life and RV. We've got a cute little logo. And then subscribe from there. That's how you're going to find out about Mm-hmm. All of our every new episode, episode. Mm-hmm. boom, shows up right there. And we're showing up in more and more directories. We're getting listed uh, faster and faster. Also worth mentioning while we're talking about some show stuff. Definitely worth looking at the blog. Hadia has created some beautiful blog posts that go along with each episode so far. And I think you really outdid yourself with the one about our home base. We're about to talk about how we home base, mm-hmm. which is really unique and different, but you really get the full flavor of it when you see the blog post with the embedded pictures. Yeah, and- the pictures make a- it's great because, I, I mean, I'm going to explain to you what our home base is like, but it's not what you would expect. So it's really great to be able to see some of the pictures. Mm-hmm. So that will be up on the blog at worklifeandrv.com slash blog. And it's linked along there at the top as well as our RSS feed. So if you are used to uh, subscribing to podcasts and you want to just grab our feed and put it in your preferred podcast player, the RSS feed is linked right there at the top of the website. What does RSS stand for? Really simple syndication. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I think. I should double check I that. should make a list of all these terms that I hear all the time yeah, that right? I don't understand at all. Yeah. I just nod my head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There is no quiz, so I can just nod my head. Yeah, really simple syndication. And then um, a couple of gentlemen got together many years ago, Adam Curry and another gentleman, and they added what's called the ta- a tag, like a little extra attribute to mm. a standard that allows you to embed podcasts. Sure, yeah. You asked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's talk about our accidental home base. Yeah, the junkyard, as we like to call it, which we've been here now for a few years. Mm -hmm. Accidentally. Let me tell you what the property looks like. It's five acres. At one point in time, there was a big mechanic shop on the other half. It's sort of now subdivided into two chunks. On the other chunk, there was a 
mechanics shop that my grandpa used to take all of his cars to get work done there. My dad gave me a long list. I'm like, hey, dad, what kind of cars? And he gave me this long list. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how he remembered all of those. Bunch of cool cars. Bunch though. of cool cars, though. I'm like looking them up. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So my dad, as a kid, ran around on this property, which I find to be super ironic because now our kids are running around on this property. That shop burnt down before my dad bought it. He bought it in 2005. So it's five acres. Half of it is just completely overgrown, tall grass, weeds, whatnot, not being utilized at all. The other half has work trailers, shipping containers, a big old decrepit barn with a creepy chic as I call it, creepy cheek, apartment built into the second floor, like complete with top loading dishwasher. Like it blows your mind a little. It would totally make a great haunted house. Yeah. And it's got like a 1950s era appliances throughout the whole oh, thing. It's, it's not just the dishwasher. Yeah. It's the oven. Everything is just. We will do, we, we will eventually do a full episode on that apartment because it is fascinating. So you've got the barn, you've got all of this old work equipment, including lumber and stuff that my dad's construction company has utilized and then stored here in between jobs. Yeah, I've always described it as you imagine you're building a ginormous building like a hotel and mm -hmm. you order 5,000 doors, but you really only needed 4,500. Yeah. Well, you don't just throw away those extra 500 doors. You store them somewhere yes. for a future job. And this is the place where that stuff gets stored. Yeah. And sometimes not inventoried properly. So it stays here for a long time. And it's it's been a home for other people in the past, yep. which is fascinating. That apartment used to be actively lived in. Mm -hmm. So it's not totally unusual for folks to live here, but it's been at least a decade. Oh, yeah. We've met some interesting characters that have history here. So it's overgrown. It's interesting. It's visually very stimulating. And most of all, it's fascinating to the kids. So there's nothing about this place that looks polished. It's wild. It's unrefined. Refined, and it's sort of... It looks like a junkyard. I even was on record saying in our vlog, we would never full time here. The other thing we need to mention is that the hookups were nearly non-existent. <laughs> no yes. water, no sewer, no. and only one outlet, as far as we could tell, that we had access to. One 15 amp outlet that Which we could just, hook into. Just a standard wall outlet. It, hook our 50 amp RV yeah. up to that. No big deal. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We won't blow that. <laughs> so you might be asking how the heck we even ended up here to begin with, because it does not sound at all appealing. And let me tell you, the first time I saw it, when my dad's like, hey, if you guys want to just stay there, you're welcome to stay there from time to time. I was not at all interested. I mean, I was. I came over, looked at it and went, no way. So why the heck did we actually end up here? I know what appealed to me after full-timing uh, in an annual spot at Thousand Trails for so long was no rules. Come and go as I want. The kids could run free. The dog could run free. Yeah. No five miles per hour limits. Yeah. It was the exact opposite of staying in an RV park or a, a Thousand Trails mm -hmm. type. It was free range. And nope. also super close to our works comparatively. Yeah, way easier. LaConnor was far out there for us. It added an extra 20, 25 minutes to Chris's commute. So you're looking at 40 minutes total a day. It wasn't so bad for me, but it wasn't, it certainly wasn't great. But no water, yeah. no 50 amp hookup, no yeah. sewer dump. The, the reason we ended up here was we knew we were done with the annual site. It was Christmas time. We were due out straight after Christmas. There's a lot going on. I'm working full time. Chris is working full time. We're prepping for Christmas. There wasn't a lot of time to 
go research where else we'd want to be. And we just assumed we'd be going from park to park and we would need time outside of the system. And this was an option. And we were expecting to find other. We were planning on cultivating a list of places we could go to. It was the perfect example of we didn't know what was going to come next. We needed to just make a decision because so much is going on. Okay, well, we can compromise on this. This will just work for now. Yeah, it was necessity meets pressure. Mm -hmm. And here we are. So we pulled in New Year's Eve 2016 thinking we'd just stay for a little bit. Blew the circuit immediately. What? What a shock. I know. And then continued traveling. And over the next couple of years, we made slow upgrades. But it was never – we handled – the setbacks of the poor hookups because we never anticipated being here for a long time. But mm-hmm. as we were here, we slowly made upgrades mm-hmm. and we started with sewer. Yeah, we got access to the sewer. And then our buddy Jeff came up from Sacramento and hooked us up with 50 amp power because yep. there was room in the in the panel. It just needed to be wired in. Mm-hmm. And then we got water eventually. Yep. And the concrete slab. Oh, that and the nice. Internet. Yeah, in 2018, I I found, using my Wi-Fi ranger, actually, I found a local wireless ISP. And that means that uh, for for those of us that were around in the 90s on the internet, like everything, anytime you got internet, there was no Comcast. There was no major corporation. It was small businesses that were getting you connected to the internet. And that kind of went away as things grew and companies merged. And here I was in this junkyard finding a small business local internet service provider, and I called them up and I said, here's my situation. I'm in an RV and I want high-speed internet. I want residential internet. I've got a barn. Could you mount an antenna on that barn and then run ethernet to my RV? Absolutely, Mr. Fisher. We'd be happy to do that. We'll come out, take a look at the property, make sure we can get a connection. And two weeks later, we had DSL speeds with great latency right here at the junkyard and we just have an ethernet cable that comes off the barn that when we get back i I hook up it's it's wonderful i think we should also mention that there's a difference between simplicity and ease living here before the upgrades were finished was not easy but it was simple it was a known quantity we knew what we were coming home to we knew that if we came back from a trip and we were running on low on water we'd use the water bladder in the back of one of our cars we'd go get it filled up we'd come back we'd pump it into the rv these it, that isn't easy but it's simple and it's known they're known problems and mm-hmm. we we were facing with me working full time and chris working full time decision fatigue and it we were thinking we were going to go from park to park but i think Part of what happened was we got so tired of constantly making these decisions and the simplicity of this space really grew on us. Well, and think about picture you're coming back from, say, Texas and you're driving 6,000 miles total or something like I mean, it's a long trip back and forth. right? Yeah. And during that time, two weeks have gone by. You have no idea what the campground situation is. And these thousand trails are first come, first serve. So you have no way of knowing other than driving your RV all the mm-hmm. way there and driving through it to see if there's a spot. And when you've been driving 10 hours a day minimum. Because, again, we don't drive leisurely. We have to get home. We have to pick up the kids. We have something we have to record. There's no like. And we're also we're often driving at times that are not conducive to checking in because we're Mm -hmm. trying to avoid Seattle traffic. So we're driving at 4 a.m., say, instead of at regular time where you can check in at noon or one o'clock and or or the opposite of that. We'll wait for evening traffic to finish. We'll have dinner and then we'll drive through Seattle and we're not showing up till eight, ten, eight, nine, ten o'clock. And when you have a spot that you've been to a hundred times, you know how to pull in even in the dark if you have to. And Mm -hmm. it just sort of made everything so much more simple. The decisions were made 
And we knew that we'd get there, we'd have we'd have internet, we'd have a quick commute to work. I think for years, our thought process was, we'll just stay here for a little bit. Yes. Even even years into it. And in writing this, the blog about this, Chris and I were talking about at what point did we finally make this our home base? And we're, I wonder if we were thinking maybe it was power. And I think that made a huge difference. Mm. I think it's internet. Could have been internet too. Yeah, because we can get by on less power. It was tricky, but internet is pretty essential to the day job. Yeah. Internet and power, getting 50 amps and internet, I think really was huge. And then now it's such a no-brainer because we have relationships in the yeah. nearby neighborhood. We have the cement pad. So now it's just a no-brainer. Now now we just accept this is our home base. It's obvious. Obviously, of course it is. Um, so I think it it was quite literally an accident. Our feels are all wrapped up in in our decision to stay now. Mm. Because the kids have so embraced us. And what kid wouldn't love the wildness of this space? Blackberries mm-hmm. up the wazoo in the summertime, all sorts of stuff to climb on and explore. And once the kids got inside that barn, I mean, it was game over. It was game over. And this is where all the neighbor kids want to be. Yeah. The irony of the situation now is we have the yard to play in, which means we have the home to play in. And there are times where we will have six to eight kids in our tiny home. (laughs) Somebody needs a drink of water. They come here. Somebody somebody needs a Band-Aid. What about a snack? They want a snack. What about a snack? And then their their (laughs) siblings want a snack too. And then everybody else wants a snack. And then the original person's hungry again. Oh, and if you didn't know this, sometimes it rains in the Seattle area. So they all need some place to go when it's raining too. And hey, guess what? You guys have a Switch. So they want to play Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Chris is like... Quit opening the door. Oh, yeah, that gets old. The, the coming and going from the and opening and closing and slamming the door every five minutes gets old pretty There's early. no gentle way to shut an RV door. No, no. But it has been it has been really nice for them because it has brought a note of stability to mm-hmm. RV living, which is kind of special for us. And what it has meant for me was coming to terms with a different style of RVing than what you generally see portrayed. Yeah. When you look at the YouTube channels that we follow, most of them are moving every video. They're constantly moving. They stay in a spot for three days at the most. Mm-hmm. And you get the impression that the RV lifestyle is this one of exploring national parks every couple of weeks. Where our style was, we would go on these – I would, I would consider them super adventures and then we would come back and be stationary for two months mm-hmm. or something. And I struggled with this. I was like, well, why are we why are we living in an RV if we're hardly going anywhere? Because yeah. in my world, you yes. know, every 40 days or whatever is not going anywhere. I think that's both both being hard on yourself about it. And also you have a nomadic you have a nomadic urge. Travel does your brain yeah. good. And if we don't have something upcoming, it's it's hard. Yeah, we have to even sometimes we just jump in the car and go on a mini road trip just to, you know, get just get that fix. Um so I kind of struggled with that initially when we started living here. It was the hardest thing about the junkyard is I felt like I was disappointing myself. Like this vision I had when we moved into the RV was one of always constantly traveling, mm-hmm. which is so silly. And if you think about it, this style is so much better for us because we can take a month to get the furnace fixed or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It, we can, you know, we can figure out what the best head unit replacement is for our stereo and not have to do it in a couple of days because we have to get down the road. Mm-hmm. But additionally, it puts less wear and tear on our vehicle. Our vehicle is going to last longer. 
And then it brings a level of stability to our kids' lives and to our work life, which mm-hmm. is really great. And what I, what I really learned to appreciate is it's not that we're stationary. It's that we're slow traveling. We're always kind of like with the furnace and the getting work done on the rig, getting the service done. What we're really doing is we're taking this downtime while we're not traveling to prepare the RV for the next travel. So that way it's ship shape and ready to go down mm-hmm. the road. And while also getting work done, while also taking kids to birthday parties. And it's not that we're totally stationary. It's that it's we're just moving a little bit slower. And the home base has worked so well for that. I don't know what we'll do when we no longer have this because this is not an, a forever thing. But for right now, I am I am struck by how perfect it is for our style of RVing. And we never foresaw it. We never had a conversation. We're like, well, Hadia, you know what would be perfect is if we had this property that was near our work that we could come and go as we pl-. like. We never sat down and like planned this out in a yeah. five year plan. And how could we? We didn't know what kind of travelers we were. It's a fine line to walk between decision fatigue and needing novelty. And we didn't know it until we went too far into making a bunch of de- decisions or too long without traveling. You, you, we had to bump around a bit. So much of the way that we live standardly is a very fixed way of living. And you go to the same office, you go to the same grocery yeah. store, you drive the same route mm-hmm. to work every day. And I think stability is good, but I, f- but I feel like it's worth exploring whether we need quite as much as stability as we have. And it brings it around to this idea of uncertainty. So if you're an anxious person or if you tend towards anxiety, which I have and occasionally do, I have been hard on myself about not knowing what comes next for us. And at this particular moment in time, my dad actually is looking to sell the property that we're on. So we may not be here for a lot longer. We've known this was a possibility for six, eight months. So we've been it's not, this is not the first time we've thought about it, but I have gone through patches of time. And so has Chris, where we've been really anxious about it. What happens next? Where do we go? How can we find something that fills these boxes? This thing we never even wanted has become so valuable. That we never even knew that we wanted. Mm -hmm. And it got me really chewing about uncertainty as this big, bad thing. You can always measure what you'll lose, but you can't see what you'll gain. So when we left LeConnor, we knew we were leaving some amount of stability and beauty, but we gained a lot of freedom. We gained a lot of things we didn't even know that we we wanted. So uncertainty can look threatening because it's an unknown, but it also means that anything is possible. So if you can be okay with the uncertainty, you have access to a type of enjoyment that you wouldn't otherwise. In particular, with RV living, because there are always problems arising, if you're anxious about uncertainty and not knowing what happens next, you will use the problems that arise as evidence that you've made the wrong decision. And it'll make your anxiety worse versus if you look at it like everything is slightly unknown, but we are getting our needs met and we like change. You get to approach it in a way that feeds you rather than detracts from your life. It's a it's a life lesson. It it's really a, has been one for us. It's, it's, been, it's been a really big life lesson. 
Also, and this was such a brilliant comment that Dylan made, our, our son, the other day when we were talking, because we've been trying to prepare for the kids for the possibility because they are so in love with the space and the other neighborhood friends. And so we've been trying to talk to them in a way that sort of braces them a little bit, but doesn't panic them. And he made the point to me, and I just, I love it. He said, well, you know, Dad, it's not like we're really moving because we take our home with us. So it's... It'd be a lot different if we lived in the barn, in the apartment in the barn, and we had to leave the junkyard because then we'd be moving out of our home. But at least in this case, our home will go with us. And that's so true. It's like it is – it means we won't park here whenever it does sell. And that is sad because of all of the reasons we've gone over. Mm -hmm. But our home that has everything in it, our blankets and our our chairs and everything that they have memories of in our home stays with us. And that's a big deal. I think we don't. We don't know what's coming next. That all said, we really don't know where we would go. If we get if we got told time to go. Time to go, we don't know. We are better set up now with the solar. Yeah. And we have fallback plans. Like we could we could get um an annual site somewhere. We could go just go back to the thousand we trail could system. Just go back to the We're system. Still members. And that's okay. Like every single time we've taken a leap, it's worked out. So the aggressive optimist in, in me feels like it's okay to not know what comes next. I just know I'm going to miss that full speed internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when full timers rule the world. Okay, Chris, you want to give us your suggestion? Yeah, when a full timer is king of the world, uh, I believe they will proclamate an app be created that is like Airbnb but for pieces of flat land on private property. So say you got a big yard and you got a piece of land that an RV could park on and level out, you could Airbnb that sucker out for say 15 to 35 bucks a night. And they could have little symbols on there for it's a it's a dry camp spot or it's got water or it's got water Wi-Fi and hookups and then you'd have reviews and like this piece of property that's our home base, you would be great to be able to say, hey, there's a cement pad here. I no longer have an RV. I used to have an RV and I got a great spot for it. Somebody could park there 15 bucks a night, 30 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be amazing? Then you drive into a town, you look at the app, you see what's available. You yeah. buy it right there in the app. It, it maps it for you, routes you right to it. I think it'd be wonderful. Yeah. How many times have you been driving down the road and been like, we could be park great, there, we could park spot. there, mm-hmm. we could park there, mm-hmm. we could park there. Yeah. Who do I ask? Yeah. What about you? If uh, if a uh, full timer was king of the world, uh, what would you have changed? I would have uh, privacy noise cancellation in bathrooms, not just for the person using the RV bathroom, but for everybody else who might be cooking two feet away and doesn't want to hear what the kid's doing in so, there. Uh, are you like so? You're talking like the Bose headphone effect for well, the bathroom. You know how they have some of those bathrooms where where um, it looks transparent and then you hit a button and so, like the yeah it's opaque. that's what i want like i want opaque noise yeah in there maybe just a white noise machine if you couldn't soundproof it completely but something so that like waterfalls and whatnot well i don't know could you imagine how loud that white noise machine would have to be it'd be like a, that'd be a huge whoosh. <laughs> and wouldn't it be great you know how on these modern toilets you can hit one or two based on how much water you need and you're like picking the really loud noise and that gives away so much more than just not happen anyway i think guests would appreciate a feature like this yeah. because that's something you don't know when you get into an rv or you know if you're just visiting someone that lives in an rv you're you like come- this is my bathroom option yeah Thankfully, in Lady Jupes, our RV, we have two doors. There's a two doors, so it sections it off if you're in, like, what would be the guest area, the living room Mm -hmm. or whatever. 
but it's right next to the bed in the bedroom. Yeah. It's right next to the bed. So that would be a very nice feature. Um, I'd have to have speakers everywhere. It'd be really hard to pull that off. Let's put a couple of home pods in there. <laughs> Maybe they could just, for that room, go ahead and put the thick walls. I know it's yeah, going to weigh just, a little more. <laughs> oh, plus, because there's no, especially with our furnace not working, it's cold in there. Yeah. It's very cold and there's no outlet, so there's no way to heat that up. All of our kids go in there and they shiver in the morning. <laughs> little peacicles going down into the black tank. <laughs> 